Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast. Open discussion. Healthy debate. Stay on top of the news agenda. Wrestling with debate. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast from Talk Radio. Say Sir Patrick Vallance, one of the government's most senior advisers during the COVID pandemic. He has been giving evidence since 10.30 this morning to the UK's public inquiry. And he said that he never thought his diary entries would see the light of day. Let's have a little watch and a listen. Just on that last point, um, no intention to publish them or use them as a basis. We've seen various people who are involved in the pandemic, including some of your scientific colleagues, have written memoirs or accounts of their time. Did you think you might draw on these notes? I had no intention whatsoever of these ever seeing the uh, light of day or me looking at them again. And I sort of felt the world had probably had enough of uh, books of reflections of people's uh, thoughts during COVID. Well, um, Sir Patrick Vallance, there answering questions. Uh, do you know what I find fascinating, Sam Armstrong, is um, the way that the, the barristers asking questions, the way they treat certain people, where they treat others, the utter disdain with which they've treated some people like my future guest is at Carl Hennigan, um, sort of like, as if they're sort of like, oh, you silly man, who, you, you queried things. The questioning of the so-called experts, the people who are making the decisions. Um, look, I completely accept that Sir Patrick Vallance is, is an expert. He's our, he was our chief scientific advisor at, at this time. Um, you know, he's someone who actually I very early on trusted him along with Chris Whitty, the chief medical officer, when they said, you know, all the things they said in March 2020, where they told us there's no point locking down, it won't work, we're not closing schools, it won't make a difference. And some people are going, you know, everyone's going to pretty much end up getting COVID and some people are going to die, but most people get a bit sick and then be fine. And they basically said all of that on television and then spent the next two years, along with every government official, basically saying that anyone who pointed that out was a liar and a COVID denier, et cetera, et cetera, and, and a granny killer. Um, they were just just as bad as the politicians, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but the way they're treated by the barristers, they're just treated as sort of like, oh, well, everything you did, obviously you had everyone's interest at heart. When, when they went against things that they had personally said, they went against the scientific evidence again and again and again. They made up the scientific evidence. There doesn't seem to be any proper scrutiny of the decision-making process when, yet again, barristers are talking about who said what about who in a sodding WhatsApp group. Yeah, and look, as I've said time and time again, the essential allegation being investigated in this inquiry is that the British state was so utterly failed, it was so utterly inept, so utterly unprepared that dealing with a crisis of all crises, crises and look, I, I have my doubts about the response to COVID, but there's no doubt it was the biggest crisis this country had faced in a very long time, that it simply failed to function. It was slow. It was bungling. It was inept. And instead of dealing with the very serious deficiencies identified in the very basis, the structure, the constitution of this country, yeah. what are we talking about? 
text messages. Did you swear to him? Was that very polite? And Did we you had... say a rude word about Matt Hancock? And I mean, what we had is Helen McNamara, the Deputy Cabinet Secretary at that time, very serious official who was responsible for delivering much of this and it failed to happen held up as this sort of angelic figure, the woman, the only serious one in the room. Whereas, by the way, I've got, I hold no truck for Dominic Cummings, Lee Kane, and the rest of them, mm. who, you know, a lot of things did, didn't, didn't support. But their essential criticism was, look, this is all going to go to Helena Hancar unless we do something about it. Mm. And what happens? They were pilloried. Why? For their rude language. Yeah. She was held up. Why? For, for being very polite. And there has been no oh, yeah, well discussion, done. no yeah. discussion whatsoever of whether the British state is responsible for killing people. No, exactly. And all but but by the way, activities. she would have been one of the many people working in the senior levels of the civil service that happily watched their civil servants go to parties during COVID, when they were telling the rest of us she to stay at home. She provided the karaoke machine. She provided the karaoke machine. The idea that these people... The, again, I've said it before, I've said it again. Look, they didn't put anyone at risk, but that's the whole point. They knew they weren't putting anyone at risk because we weren't allowed. We were working in the office at that time. We were we were basically told we'd be sacked on the spot if we did anything similar, even though we were working together all day. These people should have been hounded out of public life already. As soon as those first revelations came out, I'm absolutely appalled these people are still taken seriously. But fundamentally, you do have an issue where... The, the debate is about, should we have locked down sooner? Not, should we have locked down? The fact that no one, no one mentioned Sweden. The, 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 the control study. Not allowed, not, not allowed. No, not no, allowed. no. Oh, Sweden has loads more people die. No, they didn't. Their excess death rate over the last three years of, of all causes, which is the only thing that matters, of all causes. So you can rule out all of the, did you, do you know, why do you decide something's a COVID death or not a COVID death? You can lose all, lose all of that nuance and politicisation of COVID death. How many people died more than you would have expected to die over the last few years? Sweden has pretty much got the lowest in the world. Why? Because they didn't lock down. They, these people are Sweden deniers. Yes, yeah, Sweden they, deniers. Let's the, call them what they are, Sweden deniers. Wow, we've been on air since 10.30. Sir Patrick Vallance, one of the government's most senior advisors. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss during the COVID pandemic. Mr. Next slide, please. Uh, is it giving evidence to the UK's public COVID inquiry? Uh, well, uh, joining me right now is Carl Hennigan. He's Professor of Evidence-Based Medicine at University of Oxford. He's also uh, given evidence to the COVID inquiry. Though, uh, Carl, I, I think you have rather less time uh, than uh, Sir Patrick Vallance uh, is getting today. And perhaps wouldn't treat you with quite the same sort of levels of courtesy and respect at the time as well. What has uh, Sir Patrick had to say that's newsworthy so far, if anything? 
Well, you're right. He's got all day today. He's had a lengthy introduction and now they're just into the early issues and the decision making. He's getting a very gentle time of it. Not many questions about what the evidence is, whether things work. Where we're at the stage now is, should we lock down earlier? And so we're starting to learn that Sir Patrick was basically on the side of the modelling was very clear. I support what the modelling says and we should have locked down earlier. It's also alluded to the fact is actually March, it was just a question of implementation. Is in September, I think, and October, November, he's going to say we should have locked down even earlier then. So I think what we've learned in these early exchanges is getting a nice time. We've learned that he's focusing on the modelling and using that modelling as the approach was correct for Sir Patrick. And also, we should have just locked down earlier. And we're going to see this afternoon, September and October, we should have probably locked down even earlier. Yeah, I mean, that's the, this is the ongoing theme, isn't it? It does seem to me that there's nothing about this inquiry that says, like, let's work out, like, what you know, were lockdowns a good idea at all? Should they have happened? How should they have happened? Why did they happen? You know, what, when should they have happened? The debate seems to be almost entirely two things. Who said nasty words about whom? Um, how dysfunctional, you know, the, the politicians, the aides uh, and like were. And the, and the other thing seems to be how much sooner should we have lockdown to save lives? That seem, they, they, they seem to be such closed questions, very different from the public inquiries we've seen in countries like Sweden, very different kind, much quicker public inquiry. Denmark and other countries actually looking into this. Instead of looking at, you know, was this the right thing to do? Was it right to change all pandemic you know, planning uh, in, uh, you know, in mid-March 2020 and to go for a different policy, given that the country that didn't, the control sample, Sweden, they stuck with the pandemic planning, which was what we were told by Sir Patrick Balance and Professor Chris Whitty, uh, who's going to give evidence tomorrow. We, we were told by them they did it on camera uh, in those press conferences in early March 2020 when they told us we shouldn't be locking down, it wasn't what we were going to do, um, we were going to close schools, it wouldn't make a difference, people were going, the vast majority of people were going to get this disease, you can't stop a virus, some people are going to die, but the vast majority will get poorly and then they'll get better and they'll be fine. I mean, literally everything they said to us in those early March 2020 press conferences was exactly, A, what we should have carried on doing, and B, what we eventually know now as well. That information was there at the time. But there seems to be no debate at this COVID inquiry about why they changed policy, why they thought and why they still think now, despite all the evidence, that, that, the, that, the, that, the, that there was a reason to change policy and to lock us in our homes. So I've been thinking about the concept, Julie, of how do we actually learn lessons? We learn lessons because either we make we we accept that we've made some mistakes and in understanding those mistakes we reflect on them and say here's how we do it differently next time or second we look at the evidence and the information on the decisions we made and try and understand whether there were right ones or wrong well both of those things seem to be out the window because number one everybody's blaming everybody else it wasn't me it was them mm -hmm. and what's happening here is the chief scientific advisor is saying it was the policy and i'm sure when we get to boris and rishi they'll say it was the scientists yeah. So that's out the window. And then second is, it is clear that the evidence that the decisions were made on is also not part of this inquiry. So the question for me, and I think the big question is, how do we actually learn any lessons apart from yeah. the government was in disarray, nobody liked each other, it was dysfunctional. And when anybody spoke, I mean, we just heard they were incandescent with rage. And I'm like, 
How does that work if you're in a meeting with somebody and you're incandescent? You're like, well, we're stopping listening to each other. And I think that's also key. When people are blaming other people or calling them names, what they're trying to do is deflect from their own insecurities, if you like, and try not to be blamed. And I think this is a huge issue for us. How do we actually learn any lessons? Absolutely. It seemed to me from what we've heard so far that actually everyone in government has been, A, preparing to put their own defence, as you say, you know, cover their own backsides. Sir Patrick Vallance earlier on, but saying you know, he never expected his diaries to be made public. Really? There's a, you know, once in a, once in a century pandemic and you wrote a diary, you're one of the main people involved in that decision making. You didn't think there was going to be a public inquiry and your private diaries might be made public. But also they've all decided who the scapegoat is. Now, as much as I do not hold a candle for this man, I do not believe that Matt Hancock is responsible for everything that went on in lockdown. There were many other people. Uh, Prime Minister Boris Johnson at the time, um, uh, Michael Gove, who chaired virtually every major sub-cabinet meeting uh, about the decision-making process, uh, and others. The idea that we're all just going to basically all agree, let's, let's all put the knife into Matt Hancock and then, and then he can take the blame and we get off scot-free and all can have our, we can all have our knighthoods and, and, and go on to a better job somewhere. That seems to me to be fundamentally dishonest. So number one is you're right. Well, I'm on to my 16th health secretary now, Julia. And that and is as they come into the post, you have to accept they know very little about healthcare. So it's key they rely on the advice they get. And that advice is central to some of the decision making. It's also interesting and key to me is within that advice structure, it seems that people don't like opposing views or dissent or criticism. It's almost like they want to be seen to be right. And I think that's a key issue for this pandemic and the inquiry is to say, to what extent did you get balanced viewpoints in the room, opposing views? They call it red teaming. Margaret Thatcher was really hot on red teaming because she said, I want to test this and road test it with alternative views. And that was something that people like you, Sinetra Gupta and others were trying to do. We'll have to leave it there. But Carl Hennigan, I know you'll be joining us again to talk about what's been happening uh, in the COVID inquiry. The Julia Hartley Brewer podcast. Open discussion. Healthy debate. Stay on top of the news agenda. Bristling with debate. The Julia Hartley Brewer podcast from Talk Radio.